Hey, my name is Gavin, and I'm the producer of Off the Notepad. I'm super excited to share another episode with you guys. And again, I'm just going to use this first little bit to say thank you all for listening. It's amazing to see the support that we get on this podcast, and we're glad that you're here. The best thing that you can do for this podcast is sharing it with friends, family, loved ones, just anyone who's willing to listen. Either way, thank you all for listening. I will see you all at the break. Hi, welcome to Off the Notepad. I'm Victoria D'Angelo. And I'm Halika Campbell. And we are the most amazing beings that you will ever meet. We are so transcendent from this plane of reality. <laughs> Particularly in writing. Yeah. But also in every other aspect. Yeah. Okay, are we ready to actually have an episode? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. What is the protagonist you have for today? So, the protagonist that I have for you is an orphaned kid who has inherited something from one of his parents. Exciting. Inherited something like something physical or? Dunno. (laughs) Exciting, we'll figure that out. In that case, I'm gonna change, ooh. No, that's a lie. We're doing the infamous beach house villa prompt. Beach house villa. I won't lie to you. I came up with this at like 2 a.m., ran to my computer, typed it out, passed out right after. <laughs> so you can tell how good it is. Okay. Okay. The protagonist is staying at a beach house villa, be it they just moved here, they're vacationing, whatever, that's not important. And one night, they hear a beautifully haunting voice calling to them from the shoreline. Curious, they step out of bed and make their way down to the water, only to find a unicorn waiting for them in the waves. Took you long enough, the creature says, a massive burst of light blinding the protagonist as the unicorn begins to transform into something else. We have much work to do. What the hell did you write? I don't know, I really wanted a story with unicorns and this was like- I thought you were (laughs) gonna say he found a siren? Uh, No, it's a unicorn. In the shoreline. (laughs) life takes you many places sometimes it takes you to a unicorn i don't i'm not sure what else to say on that okay so as far as inheritance go i feel like we could go one of two ways Mm -hmm. i'm thinking it's either he inherited this villa this property where this magical stuff is happening or they inherited some kind of magic which would be interesting because I kind of like the idea of um, they're not necessarily at this beach house villa because they want to be. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they've been dragged here because their aunt is vacationing. And now that they have no parents, they have to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what what magic have they inherited? Because I feel like the prompt ends on this note of we have much work to do. Right, right, So right, clearly right. it's some kind of magical thing with responsibility tied to it. This feels like we're entering the hero's journey. It does, for sure. <laughs> just kind of sliding right in there. It's totally fine. <laughs> with a unicorn. So, are we giving protagonists some kind of ma- magic in general or a p- specific type of magic? I don't know. Let's try... Let's try magic in general and see how far we get, because I feel like we'll end up specifying it as we go along. Gotcha, gotcha. And and this unicorn is our Gandalf? Yes. I did say that the unicorn transforms into something else. <laughs> so, 
into an exact replica of Gandalf. <laughs> into Gandalf with, like, the trademark sign. Oh, no. <laughs> this kid, the biggest Tolkien fan. <laughs> cursed, cursed. Okay. Okay. So, we, what was it? We have to get started. We have much work to do. We have much work to yeah. do. Okay. We have much work to do. Who's 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 evil overlord? Oh, super who is our... powerful. <laughs> is it Sauron? Who is our? Well, because that's how the hero's journey works. Oh, yeah, there's always some big evil to fight. Let's decide. Let's talk stakes for a moment. Stakes. Because I feel like it's pretty obvious where this story is headed. Like this is almost children's novel. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the kid, the magic, the unicorn. They go. They fight some, like, world-changing evil. Because, mm-hmm. of course, like, the kid's going to want to stop that. What if it's not a world-changing evil? Can we make it smaller? Yeah. I'm so interested in that. <laughs> like, it's, um... I think the unicorn is the kind of side character that exaggerates everything that's going oh, wrong. No. Like, it's already... It's too dramatic. Oh, we no. have much work to do. Oh, no. It's transforming immediately. Can we... Let's just go unhinged with this. I think... Oh. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm recording a podcast episode. Say hi. Shower. That is because you are in a mountain range. Yes. Okay. 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 Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. I'm not! I'm laughing so hard! <laughs> yeah! Kind of! That's up to Gavin! That's up to Gavin! He's our producer! We're not gonna... Is the mic even picking up the phone call? 
It's picking up something. Okay. Bye. I apologize. No, that's so funny. Called to recommend Fruits Basket. That's fucking hilarious. Like it's the anime that hasn't been around for fucking years. For so long. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. That's adorable. That's amazing. You know what's funny is he kept texting me. He's like, you want something with trauma? You want something with childhood trauma? And he says fruit baskets. And I'm like, that's the show that my middle school friend watched to detox after corpse party. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that. I love your brother. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> oh, God. Pretty great. <laughs> Pretty great. <laughs> so where the fuck were we? I want to get absolutely unhinged. Okay. I want to, like, go so far off the deep end with this. Okay. I think the unicorn's, like, antagonist should be a grocery store clerk. Like, mm. just someone who's absolutely run-of-the-mill, just trying to mind their own business, but for whatever reason, have it in with this random-ass magical entity. Okay. What's the... Oh, God. Just... Now I'm imagining this unicorn asking the kid to be a Karen. <laughs> to make complaints to the supervisor? And, you know, I bet the unicorn poses it as, like, <laughs> world-ending evil. You have to go make this, like, random teenager's life so difficult. <laughs> this, this grocer once overcharged me by 50 cents. Like, you're a unicorn, what? <laughs> Accept the coupon. Oh my! Can that be it? They didn't accept the coupon. Yes. Like that was it. Yes. The coupon expired. That's not something we find out till like the end of the book. Yeah. But like they didn't accept the coupon. <laughs> okay, but the unicorn is blowing this out of proportion. Like absolutely, yeah. This this person is a scum of the earth, disguising themselves as an average clerk at a grocery store, but really their goal is to foster unhappiness and despair yes. in the human race. Yeah, yeah. They want to see the world burn. Yeah. And this kid is like, the world, that's awful. Like, yeah. I need to stop this clerk. So what I need you to do is go purchase something and then scream at her. <laughs> the kid's like, I don't think I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> I just lost my parents, so technically I have no moral ground to stand by. But at the same time, I feel like they wouldn't want me to do this. Because, <laughs> you know, I feel like this is building to become the kind of story that um, laughs at child trauma. So I feel like we're not going to get a lot of serious um, mm. my parents are dead moments until yeah, yeah. the latter half, if at all. Oh, this kid also has magic. Yeah. So the kid has magic. Maybe it's a contract. Like, in return, you have to... I will give you magic, but in return, you have to go fight this grocery store clerk. Inherited his dad's best friend, the unicorn? Oh, fuck. And you know what? The dad was not, like, taking any of the unicorn's bullshit. 
Yep. The father could, because you know what? Then it kind of becomes a cute story where it's like the unicorn is this really high maintenance creature, and the dad was like this laid back guy. Mm-hmm. They got along really well. The dad, you know, dies. The unicorn is suddenly taking, you know, their frustrations out on everyone involved. Yep. Yep. Gosh, I can already see like the the climactic moment where there's this really touching scene between the unicorn and the kid. And the unicorn either, like, takes on this parental-type figure or is like, yeah, I remember when your dad did this and that, and he was my best friend, and I miss him, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Because you know, I would kind of love for them to have a snippier relationship, too, like, mm-hmm. in tone with the dad's sure. relationship. Because I, I love that there has to be a moment where the unicorn stops acting like the child, mm. starts acting like a creature its age. Or just, like, acting like an adult so the child, like, finally has room to just be a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I feel like this could be a almost a small town story. So the kid is, like, involved in, not, like, school-wise, but just, like, everyone knows this kid. Everyone's mm-hmm. always relying on this kid to, like, run things from one store to the next. Mm-hmm. Or the aunt is always sending the kid out to do things. How old do we think this kid is? I'm thinking, like, ten. Oh, goodness okay we can go older though because i'd be interested in hearing a story where it's older um i don't know because i feel like both stories are interesting if you have this orphaned 10 year old kid or if you have an orphaned 17 year old kid like there's more angst in that one yeah yeah because then i feel like you can really play um, a harder relationship there where it's like you want me to do things i just lost my parents yeah yeah very mad, angry boy. Mm-hmm. Like magic or not, I can't. Yeah. Either are viable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What if they're siblings? The unicorn. What if, what if we have both? If we have bo- oh, we have two, a duo. Oh my god, that's so funny though. Because <laughs> then we have the unicorn who's like, I need you to act like a Karen in this mm-hmm. grocery store. And we have like the naive 10 year old. Uh, yeah, you know what? I want them to be brothers. Yeah. I think that's really cute. Because then 10 year old boy is like, you know, whatever you say, I trust you because mm-hmm. I'm hurting and I don't know how to express that right now. 17-year-old boy is like, fuck you. I'm not going to cause a scene in a grocery store. Yeah. Because maybe, maybe they know the maybe they know the clerk, like, personally. His girlfriend. Oh, my God. Or crush. Ah! <laughs> crush. I'm not going to go make, like, dif- like I'm not going to go make life difficult for my crush. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, cannot possibly be a world-ending evil. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gotta do what I gotta do. <laughs> yep. yep. That's so cute. God. There's gotta be... I feel like there's gotta be more since we have this 17-year-old who can actually rationalize and be like, she's not gonna destroy the world. Right. I think there's almost a... Not necessarily a B-plot mystery, but a mystery in general where it's like... You're here, so there has to be some kind of contract that the father had with the unicorn, or that mm. someone had with this unicorn. Okay. The contract cannot just be, go attack the grocery store clerk. Because the unicorn has been around for so much longer than that, or so it claims. Mm-hmm. So then, what is that actual contract? What are the actual obligations of this creature? Stay with me. Stay with me. Oh. <laughs> just be by my side. God, that's so sad. 
Because, you know, then we can read this backtracks a little bit, quite a bit, actually, from the original point of this protagonist and prompt. Like, what if the magic that the unicorn offers isn't real? What if there is no magic? (laughs) Because then it's almost like the unicorn was summoned and it was told to just be here as a Mm -hmm. friend to the father, as a friend to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Without the father and the unicorn, like having zero personable skills. I think we've seen that in the way it (laughs) handles everything. Like, it'd be kind of funny if the unicorn was almost like a con artist in that. <laughs> like, yeah, you'll get magic eventually. I just need you to, like, really get this grocery store clerk to quit and move across the continent. Preferably. You need to reach the heroism rank first. Ah! It's a pyramid scheme. It's a pyramid scheme. It's a unicorn pyramid Which scheme. Which we don't condone pyramid schemes, by the way. No. Oh, my God. Stay informed. <laughs> Stay aware. (laughs) So we have the 10-year-old trapped in this potential, like, unicorn pyramid scheme. Because, you know, that can be the point of major conflict. Mm -hmm. 17-year-old finally figures it out. Mm -hmm. And it it becomes a heated thing. You were just lonely and you wanted to stay by someone after dad died. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like 17-year-old would be madder than that. Yeah, just, like, like, so much more angrier. Like, you used us. Oh. You used my brother. Yeah. Like, oh. I want, I want such a complicated relationship between the two brothers, though. Because if, if little brother is going along with it and older brother is like, this is stupid, I feel like they would get in a fight with each other. But at the same time, there's got to be that climax where it's like, no, you use both of us. You hurt my brother. Fuck you. Oh, yeah. Maybe 17-year-old gets a little closer to the unicorn as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe we start off on that very staunch point of, you're not real. Mm. None of this is real. I'm hallucinating. Did I die? Where's dad? We're hallucinating. This is dumb. Because then I feel like the unicorn for the 10-year-old brother, like from his perspective, almost acts as a replacement older brother. And that's why the 10-year-old is like so willing to go along with it. Because you know what? Maybe 17-year-old is just a very, you know, I mean, such a complicated relationship with older siblings in general, but older brothers in particular. Also, that's a seven-year difference. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe it's that idea of... um, You weren't there, but the unicorn will be. So I'm going to go along with that. And maybe over time, the 17-year-old brother becomes a little more concerned. I want that child to say exactly that. If you don't want to be with me, then I'll make the unicorn my older brother. Yeah. More of a brother than you ever were. Little things. Little things to say about unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) 2 a.m. Halika would be so proud to know that her dream is coming true. (laughs) The unicorn narrative. Yeah, I don't know. So then we have a complicated relationship between all three parties, it sounds like. Because the unicorn, to some extent, also has to be jealous of the two brothers. Because they got to be, like, physically a part of the father's life. Mm -hmm. Because I'm assuming no one could see the unicorn (laughs) prior to the father's death. Otherwise, that would make the story incredibly awkward. (laughs) Sorry we ignored you until dad died. (laughs) So, where is the story going to resolve itself after that moment of, like, a heated argument? 
Clerk gets fired. Oh, yeah. It finally happens. Yeah. I think the clerk gets fired. You know, it's ugly. There's tears. Oh screaming. God. Yeah. And both of the brothers are watching all of this happen. Oh, yeah. I almost want to make it even worse. Like... Clerk gets arrested? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I kind Exactly. I kind of want the grocery store to burn down. Oh, no! <laughs> like... I think it was an accident, and I think this is exactly what the 17-year-old was trying to prevent, because things were going too far. The unicorn was going a little too crazy. So it's like, in trying to explain that, like, you used us, you used my brother, little brother is screaming, well, he's more of a big brother to me than you ever were, unicorn is screaming, I just want to get this match off. Something happens, a match is dropped, grocery store blaze. Yeah. Clark gets blamed for it. So fire and arrest. Fire, arrest. Everyone is angry. Everyone is upset. Oh, God. I really want, like... I feel like this is the climactic point, and I don't know where this would go. I want the 10-year-old kid to, like, realize what happened, start, like, crying, getting really emotional, like, I can't believe that happened... And then the 17-year-old kid be like, you made my brother cry. Oh, that's it. He punches the unicorn. Yes. Yes, punch the unicorn. He punches the unicorn. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, you could play it so that the unicorn has a, I don't know, a human form or whatever. And, like, make it a little more of a brawl. But, like, in the end, 17-year-old is on top of him, like pissed as all hell i also really like the image of just the 17 year old punching a unicorn punch the unicorn and then transform and have your brawl oh yeah it tries to transform like in an attempt to protect itself but the 17 year old is like two fists deep like he's already in god i love that okay so they're fighting i think 10 year old is getting more upset then oh yeah 10 year old just confused screaming crying pulling at his brother stop stop Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's dad's best friend. That's all we have left of him. Ooh, that's all we have left. Is that the line you think that stops the 17-year-old? Makes him think, or no? Do you think he's in too deep? I think he might stop punching. I don't think he would get up. I think he would start arguing. Oh, getting angry, angry. Yeah, like still angry just not violent anymore mm-hmm. willing to hmm i almost feel like they the unicorn and the two brothers part ways not like permanently obviously um mm-hmm. but like they just go their separate ways in the middle of the street after like both say very dis- like divisive points mm-hmm Like, it's almost a, I don't need you anyways. You may be all that we have left, but I don't see you that way. It's like, your father would be so upset if he saw you now. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Like, I can't imagine what your dad thinks of you now. He would be so disappointed. He would be so disappointed. Unicorn is pissed. The brothers are, 10-year-old is upset. 17-year-old is just pissed. And then I think they have to ruminate. Like, they have to think about these things. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you know what would be really funny hmm. is if hours... Because I'm imagining this all happens at night because it has to. Dramatic yeah. dramatic scene. The next day, I feel like the grocery store, fine. 
You know what I was thinking is the next time they meet, it's inside a grocery store. <gasps> well, that would be cute too. It'd be because I feel like the unicorn being such a hard ass, like it has to actually think about all the things that both brothers said that night. Uses unicorn magic to fix what he can. Mm-hmm. And maybe they meet inside the grocery store as the townspeople are like, we saw this thing burn to ash. <laughs> Not even six hours ago. And then I kind of, okay, so here's what I have in my head. Like, so they wake up and the store is back up and the clerk is also fine, not arrested, anti-arrested. And later when they're conversing with the unicorn about it, you get this little very quick snippets of a flashback where they're like, yeah, I went and I turned myself in and then they cuffed me and then I put me in a cell and then I escaped. Yeah, I realized I didn't like it. I didn't want to confess that much. So then I just <laughs> left. I left. I undid everything. God, that's so funny. Yeah, this story definitely needs to be played off as a comedy like in oh, yeah. every aspect because you cannot take it seriously at any point. <laughs> I was not expecting this for my orphaned children. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <sighs> the unicorn prompt, it gets them every time. Ooh, I imagine a really wholesome ending, though. Yeah, I am. You know what? I imagine the unicorn working in the grocery store. <laughs> it's awful. The unicorn becomes friends with the girl. Yeah. Can the girl see him? Unicorn. You know, I think we could make it so, like, when the unicorn used what magic he had to fix the grocery store, that dropped his um, cloaking magic or whatever. Ooh. I think that'd be cute. Now he has to be a be a human or has to be human enough. That'd be so interesting. Like, they used so much magic that they lost what made them a unicorn. And now they have to be a person. Yeah, and they have to deal with that. That in itself could be an entirely different story. I mean, that is like the story of the last unicorn. Ooh. Like, Ooh. that's the entire point. She loses her unicorn form. Ooh. Has to be a person. Ooh. But that's not this story. No. Or is this the prequel? <laughs> the prequel to the last unicorn? God. I think it'd be really cute for them to end it with them all making up, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Apologizing to one another. Mm -hmm. Inviting the unicorn for dinner that night. And the yeah. unicorn's like, I actually work the night shift. <laughs> That's how it and is then, revealed. And then they bring him lunch. And they bring him lunch instead, and it's so cute. Yes. And, you know, then they get a lunch with the um the grocery store clerk. Yeah. We tie in that final. And then the grocery clerk starts dating the older brother. <laughs> yes, it's a happy end. <laughs> So cute. That is really adorable. That was a wild prompt. <laughs> Not what we expected. No, thank you everyone for hearing that one out. We'll see you after the break. Bye, see you soon. I hope you all have enjoyed that first segment as much as I have. Up next, we have a detective who is a little bit over their head. They are staring down retirement as fiercely as they can, and they end up following a, a lead that brings them to a dragon's cave. Either way, thank you all for listening. There will be a poll for this episode. I hope you all participate, and I will see you all in the next episode. Bye! 
Welcome back. Did you enjoy hearing Gavin's voice? I know I didn't. Nor did I. I feel like that goes without saying, you know. Anyways, <laughs> I've got a protagonist. Really? Yeah, so this one is in all caps because this is oh. one of my comfort archetypes from like when I was 15. So you know it's, you know, it's a sexy one. Okay. It's the hard-boiled detective. The hard-boiled yeah, detective. Yeah, he's grizzled. He definitely lost his spouse in a car accident. An unsolved case. It's, you know, the usual stuff. Interesting. But that's, I'm looking for um, an edgy older man. Okay. Kind of like, kind of like the um, the older businessman we were working with a while ago. Mm. But this one has like, instead of being socially awkward in like an acute, endearing, depressing way, it's socially awkward in an angry, violent, and upsetting way. Oh, oh. <laughs> gotcha. Do you want to know what's gonna happen to our detective man? Yeah, what's gonna happen to our detective man? He's gonna find a dragon. <laughs> Yo. I need a moment. Yo. <laughs> I need a moment. What is this? <laughs> Did you know, I actually also had a, um, a prompt about dragons lined up for today. <laughs> I looked at it and I thought, hmm. <laughs> Perhaps not. Okay. Hard-boiled detective finds a dragon. Finds a dragon. Let's try and keep this one a little normal. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I feel like by already setting up we have hard-boiled detective and a dragon, we're already bound to go places we're not welcome to. <laughs> Your hubris astounds me. Yeah, that's fair. We're gonna fly a little too close to the sun again. Bear with mm -hmm. us. Okay, so is this dragon going to be part of one of his investigations? Can it be? I think that'd be cool. Can we actually, can we like set it up like it's a normal ass crime? <laughs> like, he's trying to solve a bank robbery. Okay. All of the money in the bank is gone. Doesn't know where it is. Stumbles across this dragon's hoard. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dragon's hoard. Okay, does he stumble across it somewhere, or is the dragon's hoard in the bank? Like he stumbles across it somewhere, oh, yeah. like in an abandoned warehouse or somewhere else. But like, are we assuming this hoard is the bank? No money. Okay, definitely not, because I think that has to keep some of the intrigue. The dragon probably took some of it, or maybe something else entirely. Maybe Hardball Detective is looking for a car, a getaway car, perhaps. That's the dragon's hoard. The car. <laughs> the entire car. I'm trying to think of something shiny, though. Something, yeah. Could take the big steel door from the bank. Big steel door. What about, like, what if the bank sign is painted gold? Oh my god, or yeah. Or it's, like, gold plated, so, like, it's valuable. Right, in the dragon's eyes. Something. <laughs> Hardpole detective is on this case. Realizes somehow via intensive investigation, it's a dragon. <laughs> what do we do with this? What What would you do as this hardpole detective who lives in like an incredibly grounded and normal ass world? Really quick, I want to know because this will send us in two different trajectories depending on what we choose. Is the dragon the size of my forearm? <laughs> Or is it the size of this building? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I kind of want it to be a big-ass dragon. Okay. I think it'd be funny. <laughs> I think it'd be really funny. So we're in a cave on a mountain. Yeah, somehow. With a giant dragon sitting on a pile of gold and a bank sign. <laughs> and a bank sign. That it's chewing. 
It's that chewing. It's chewing. Because I think it's realized on its flight here that this is not actually gold. So now it's trying to figure out what it is. Have you heard the theory of why dragons hoard gold and why the relationship between dragons and humans is the way it is? No, what? So this is before, like, uh, money bartering happened in humanity. So there were the dragons that existed. And in order to reproduce, they need a certain amount of gold. Oh. For, like, uh, I believe it's consumption. Oh. Um, so they would take it because people are so good at digging it up. They would take it from them because otherwise the dragon would have to go into the ground and dig it up themselves. But, you know, people are so good at that. Right. It's a better system. And the people are like, these dragons are taking our money and sitting on it. (laughs) (laughs) And so the people go and try and kill the dragons and the dragons are like, "Mm, they're trying to stop us from reproducing. Die. In terms of survival. Interesting. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Anyway, that's something I read somewhere once, and I loved it. It's cute. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Giving the dragons a more interesting reason as to why they need gold. Mm-hmm. Why does this dragon want gold? What is this dragon? Well, the way you described it made it sound like the sign is their chew toy. <laughs> now it is. <laughs> How... This is the question that I've been afraid to ask. Okay. How sentient is this dragon? Like, can we consider this dragon to be a secondary character or a lovable dog? Oh. <laughs> the dragons that I write are typically sentient. Me as well. But I feel like we ran into the sun full speed when we had a sentient <laughs> dragon. <laughs> so, I almost wonder if perhaps we've lost our right to sentient dragons. So, our dragon... <laughs> Yes, our dragon is a good pupper. <laughs> good pupper. <laughs> Whose sign is a chew toy. sign is a chew toy. What does the dragon think of this hardball detective who has just entered its nest? How good of a pupper is he? <laughs> so he's like... Because there's like two options. There's either stay away from my chew toy mm-hmm. or play. Oh, I think he's play. Play? Yeah, he's play. Oh, boy. Okay, so we have this massive dragon that looks up from its chew toy to see an incredibly confused and shocked older man um, ogling it, really. And it, its first instinct is play. How do dragons play? My first instinct is like fetch, but small human. Yeah, human big tiny. Big sign. I almost maybe. I think maybe the dragon goes to like. What if he picks up like one piece of coin? Oh, dang. and carries it over very gently. Oh God, that's so cute. Because then a hardball detective is still like reeling from. <laughs> that's a dragon. <laughs> what? Oh my god, like, full send dog, like, picks up the coin, brings it over, drops it at his feet, and then puts his little butt in the air. Yeah, it does the little, yeah. Does little wag. It's little wag, it's so cute. He wants scratches. He wants, oh, he wants scratches. Yeah. This is a dog. 
to the hard-boiled detectives trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Does he tell anybody? I don't think he's the kind of detective who would. I think he's, um... Because, like, thinking in his in his shoes, what's going to happen if he tells somebody? If he tells his, um, his chief, his partner, whoever, it's going to be, um... You saw what? A dragon? How old are you? <laughs> You're supposed to be on this case. And it'll also be a matter of pride, because it's like... They're going to doubt him immediately, obviously, but then it's also going to be like, you were chasing dragons instead of people, like you can't do your job, is that how old you are? At the same time, I also feel like they want to finish the case before laying it out before anyone. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, they need the dragon. For sure. Yeah. My thought is, eventually, he figures out that the dragon can sniff out gold. Oh, and maybe the big... And then the big dragon becomes a bloodhound. That's so good. That's so good. Hardboy detective and dragon partner. Then you have this cute scene in the middle of the night where he's trying to sniff out the gold without anyone seeing the dragon. Yeah. It almost worked like a children's movie. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Clifford but dragon. We're being really wholesome today. I'm so proud of us. I know. We're doing really well. <laughs> Where is the um, the conflict of this story? Obviously, it's a mystery because Hardball Detective is on a case. Who is truly behind this case then? Because technically, it's not the dragon. If we want to tie it up, we could say something like, whoever robbed the bank needed gold to lure out this dragon. And so it, it would have to be someone who knew about the dragon. Yeah. Ooh. Sexy. Okay. I kind of like the idea of, um, a little cliche, a little cliche, but I kind of like the idea of a criminal organization, mm-hmm. but like a conspiracy one, like the oh Illuminati, God, but no, <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it could be funny. Dragons exist, people, and we're going to prove it. But it, it would be even better if this organization like fucked up, like they got everything together thinking that they would lure the dragon out. And then didn't really think about where the dragon would go once it was lured out. So then the dragon obviously went back to its home and Mm -hmm. they couldn't track it there. Mm -hmm. So now we have an organization looking for this dragon who the detective has found. God. There's got to be like a whole arc before this where detective and dragon becomes best friends, right? Oh, yeah. I think they probably solve a few like smaller cases. Mm -hmm. Not like... um, Maybe murders or something, but I'm thinking like the usual get the cat out of the tree on your way to work. Yeah. Because I feel Smack like. Knock the tree. Knock the tree down. <laughs> knock the tree. Knock the whole park down. <laughs> the big dragon. Because I feel like by the time they make it to conspiracy organization, that's the point where people from this organization are trying to capture and or hurt the dragon. Yeah. And so Detective has to do something about it. Alternatively, Detective goes, Sick em, boy! Yeah! No more organization! Yeah, because, you know, I think at this point, too, in the story, another conflict we can have is other people in this world are finding out about the dragon. Yeah. Because, I mean, the detective can only do so much on his own. So, obviously, his precinct figures it out. Mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. I feel like there's only one way for that kind of story to end, though, mm-hmm. is 
society is never going to accept this dragon, so Detective has to say goodbye forever. <gasps> we were so wholesome! <laughs> no! Have you ever seen um, Pete's Dragon? Yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> Where Pete has to say goodbye at the end. But there's this little, like, one-minute clip at the very end of that movie where Pete, like, is running through a field and there's, like, 50 dragons. And he's like, I'm home. So, yeah, I definitely think Detective could go visit the dragon, but it's like, uh, I will go visit you maybe three times in my lifetime. Yeah, or maybe I'll retire with you. Because maybe that can be a crux of the narrative Oh, that would be actually really cute. Yeah. It's maybe like, yes, human society won't take you, but you'll take me. Like, yeah. well, we'll go. Yeah, because we did establish Detective's an old guy. <laughs> yeah, and he needs to fucking retire. Mm-hmm. Only got a week left That'd be so cute if we dragged that out through the entire narrative. Like, his boss being like, you're getting too old for this man. You should really think about starting to retire. Yeah. Or a desk job. Best yeah. we can offer you. Yep. Hardboy Detective's like, I don't want to do that because he's angry. You're going to get yourself killed one day, then almost gets himself killed. Yes, but also gets himself a dragon. Yep. So yep. really, all yep. wins. Yep. No, I really like that. That one, I feel like it could only be a a one-off. Definitely like a children's movie or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not sure you could get a big um, novel out of that one. I guess it depends on how you characterize the organization and how you characterize the detective. Because you could choose what makes him so hard-boiled. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing makes him hard-boiled, and maybe that's the issue. Yeah. You could. I think you could definitely get, like, a children's novel out of it. Mm-hmm, yeah. But not, like, uh, I'm writing 200,000 words about this. Yeah. Low-key, do you ever, like, get... I get really tilted when people measure books by its pages. I'm like, no. We measure by words. Yeah. We measure by words. It's just easier. It's just funnier. People are like, oh, I think it's like 200 pages. I'm like, do you know the difference between the pages of a book for a five-year-old and a book for an adult? Like, when I was a In elementary school, I could bust out a 150-page book in less than an hour. Yeah, like it's... Plus, it it just makes more sense to do it by words anyways, because, like, word size changes on page. Mm -hmm. God, it's so annoying in literature classes when half of your class has one version of the book and half of the class has the other version of the book, and you're like, it's on page 92, and they're like, no, it's not. It's like... Well, some of us have different copies, you genius. Go look <laughs> it up. No, when people complain about that, they're like, I can't find this section. It's like, well, maybe maybe you're the problem. Ooh, maybe you should leave. That's a lie. Not gatekeeping, I swear. I think pages should be standardized if anyone wants to use page numbers for anything ever. Honestly, uh, or go by chapter. Just go by chapter. Mm. That's so much easier. Don't count books in chapters, though. I get upset when people do that, too. It's like 50 chapters. What does that mean? That is only acceptable <laughs> with manga. Yes, yes. <laughs> or comics, yeah, yeah. No one reads comics. Yeah, Gavin, you're alone in this. Just kidding. 
You're alone, Gavin. I might be taking a comic <laughs> class. A comic literature class. But... But that means nothing, because Gavin can't be right. Obviously. Sucks to suck, Gavin. Anyways, thanks for joining us this episode. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That was a little bit of a spinoff on the end, but... <laughs> Just a bit. We will catch you in the next one. Be sure to check us out on Instagram. Send us an email. Send us your thoughts. Off the notepad on Instagram and off the notepad at gmail.com. Truly off the notepad everywhere. I think we're also on TikTok. That's right. We're on TikTok. Follow our TikTok. I think it's really cool. <laughs> I think off the notepad's really cool. <laughs> hey. I think you're really cool, Holika. Victoria, I think you're the coolest. Not you, Gavin. <laughs> you know who's also you know who's also cool? Our followers on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, they're the best kinds of people. Mm -hmm. If they keep being cool, maybe we'll list them off. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Bye bye. Bye.